Well, good morning. How are we doing? Good. I can tell you this, Grady hits a lot harder than he did last year at this time. <laughs> he was thrilled when I called him yesterday to talk about that. Well, I wasn't here last week. I was at this time in Milwaukee sitting in a convention center going over resolutions, listening to discussions, having conversations, and hearing people be reminded of the Eighth Commandment. You know all, you all know what that is. We just talked about it not too long ago. And while I was excitedly all taking all this in, one, kept, one question kept coming to mind, and that was, what are you seeking? This question played in my mind as those people spoke from the microphones throughout the convention hall, both from up on the platform and those down on the floor. What are you seeking? I asked. It, it played in my mind as I considered the discussion. Then as I began to look at the text for today throughout the week, that question kept coming back to my mind. What are you seeking? So let's set the scene up a little bit before we dig in. We're in John 1 today. That's where we're going to be our entire time. John chapter 1. You turn to John chapter 1. You see John the baptizer is there. And, and he saw Jesus coming toward him. And as he, he's coming towards him, he cries out. He says, look, behold, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says, look, I have seen the Spirit come down from heaven when I was baptizing him. The Spirit came down as a dove, and it remained on him. He said, I didn't know, but the one who sent me to baptize, God the Father, he said that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Oh, look and see. And I've seen, and now I testify that he is God's chosen one. He continues on in our gospel reading for today. There in verse 35 and following, and it says, the very next day, right? So no time has hardly passed. The very next day, while standing now with two of his disciples, John the baptizer sees Jesus walking by, and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. John got it. Twice he said those important words to those people that were surrounding him. Two days in a row. Behold the Lamb of God. Now you've got these two disciples of, of John. They knew too what John was saying here. He was saying to them, why are you still here? Why are you standing here with me? 
He's like, look, behold, here's the man that you need to follow. There is the long-awaited Savior. Go to him. And go to him now. What are you seeking? We see here that John the baptizer was not seeking his own glory. We see here that he was not seeking his own disciples to keep growing up his followers. He knew his purpose. And his purpose was to point others to Jesus. So those two disciples, they left John and they started to follow Jesus. Picture this, all right? Picture this playing out now. You've got two guys following you. As far as we know, no words have been spoken by those two disciples of John that are now following Jesus. They're just walking a ways behind him. But in awe, remember, in, in awe of who he is. So now, Jesus, he knew that they were following him, right? We know when people are following us, and we're not the Son of God. So he definitely knew that they were following him. He turned, and he saw them, and he spoke to them. Now, if, if this were us, if someone was following us, if we hadn't taken off on a dead sprint yet, we might stop and turn and ask them, what do you want? Or, can I help you? But not Jesus. No, Jesus stops, turns, and asks a very penetrating question of them. He says, what are you seeking? Think about it. This question is one that should make us really think before we answer. This is a question that we should ask in so many area of, areas of our lives, but especially in our relationship with Jesus. So now, in those disciples' shoes, you've heard about who this guy is that you are following. You believe him to be who he said he is to be, and now he stops, he turns, and he looks at you and says, what are you seeking? How do you respond? What do you want from him? Do you have a quick answer? Or are you slow in your response? What are you seeking? Do you want to know how to shape up? Do you want help coping with those daily burdens that you're going through? Do you want your life made easy? Do you want to worship him one day of the week and forget him the rest of the time? 
What are you seeking with Jesus? You see, Jesus asked this question of the disciples because he wanted those who follow him to think about what they expect to get from him. You see, many people at that time were expecting things from Jesus that he did not come to give, like earthly prosperity or political power and deliverance from the Roman Empire. He knew where he was going. He knew what was going to happen, that he would be oppressed and afflicted, smitten by God, despised, chastised, beaten, and rejected by men. And that he'd be pierced and hung from a tree. And so he asked them, what are you seeking? Look at their response there in the second part of verse 38. They say, Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? What, what, what do you think of that kind of response? Most of us, if not all of us, would probably not respond in that way. We'd be like, uh, you're Jesus, and I'm just kind of in your presence, and that's really cool. Uh, or, can you do this miracle for me? Or, but those two disciples gave a truly amazing answer, and here's why. They turned the focus right back on Jesus. Their response was not about them. Their response was not what they could get from him. No, their answer turned the focus properly back to Jesus. You see, they wanted to stay with him. They wanted to learn from him. They wanted to get from him what he had to offer them. They came to him because John had identified him, Jesus, the one they are now talking to, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They wanted to be with the Lamb of God. They wanted to get to know him. And should any disciple want anything more than that? Should any disciple of Jesus, any follower of Jesus, want anything more? No. That should be all we want. That truly is all that we need. And so when we read this, when we hear this question from Jesus of, of what are you seeking our answer today as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, should echo those disciples. Jesus, where are you staying? 
You see, when we, when we answer in that way, we, we turn the focus off of ourselves and we bring ourselves back to God and to His Word. It's only in Him that we get what we need. It's only in His Word that we find our answers to living in a troubling world. And so what do we do? Well, you come here. You come to church. You go to Bible studies and Sunday school and missional communities to hear the Word, yes? To study the Word, yes? To know and grow in the Word, yes? And then to go out and apply the Word, yes? Come and see, right? Come and see what Jesus has done. Come and see what Jesus has taught. Come and see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's all good stuff, right? But it gets better. It gets better because what happens to those disciples? They're like, oh, wow, man, so cool. No, they're, they're super excited, right? They get excited. Andrew was so excited that he probably was gone before even Jesus finished talking. But he went to find his brother Simon and tell him what? Dude, we found him. He's here. The, the Christ. These, these disciples were so excited that they went and shared with those they loved the Messiah had arrived. Are we that excited? Are we as excited about sharing Jesus with others so that it's the first thing we do? How excited are you guys to share the arrival of your grandchild? There we go. How excited are you to share your children's accomplishments in school and on the sporting fields and diamonds and rinks and mats or whatever it may be? How excited are you to share with others the things you did this weekend? We get the idea, right? When it comes to these things, we're often more than excited, more than willing to share with others, anybody who would listen sometimes, all that great stuff. But yet we so often struggle to be excited as Andrew in sharing the truth of, we found the Messiah! And it's because... goes against everything we really feel like sometimes because we don't want other people to, to, to think we're crazy. That we're so excited about this Jesus guy. It goes against the norm of, of what those people around us are talking about. I mean, how many of us are going to go uh, to, the, to, the, to the workplace tomorrow and say, man, I saw Jesus at church. What'd you do this weekend? We don't want to step on someone's toes. We don't want to get in trouble. 
But when we think like this, when we live like this, Satan is getting the best of us at that moment. He's winning. And he knows it. He is excited. He is thrilled that we don't always go. Now, sometimes we do, so let's not say we don't. That we don't always go with enthusiasm, sharing that we know, that we have found, that we have been reminded again that the Messiah is here. And every time we don't go forth like that, it's another victory for Satan. Is that what we want? No, that's right. Is that what God wants? Of course not. Does God want us to sit on the fact that we know the Lamb of God? No. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, has changed your lives. He's changed mine. You know it. You know the difference of of how your life is when Jesus is an active part of it versus when he's not. Who Jesus is and what he has done has changed our lives. He was and he is the bridge, the mediator, the go-between, right? From God, through Christ, right to us, who links us miserable sinners with our holy God. His life, his death, his resurrection make it possible for us to live every day. And live forever. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away Scott's sins. That's why I need to be excited. Plug your name in there, right? You're not all Scott, thanks be to God. But you are you, and this is why you too need to be excited. This is why we need to be out there with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, building relationships. Okay, we're not firewalling anybody right now with, with Bible passages. We're, we're building relationships and letting them know that we know this guy named Jesus, who is the Savior of the world. Ready for a cold hard fact? Many people will die today and go to hell. Many people die today and go to hell because they don't have the love of Jesus in their hearts. Do we want that to happen to our loved ones? Do we want that to happen to our neighbors, our coworkers, or anyone? No. So as we build relationships, as we talk with people, as these relationships then then deepen with them, we can ask them this question. What are you seeking? Filled with the Spirit and excitement, we can bring Jesus to them in His Word, in His love, in His mercy, and maybe... Maybe someday we can bring them to a church service. Maybe. And get this, through it all, the Spirit does the work. 
The Spirit does the work through you. The Spirit does the work on the hearts of those that He sends you to through the power of God's Word, through the love that you and I show to them, through the mercy we extend to them. Faith begins by the work of the Spirit. Faith grows by the work of the Spirit and the power of God's Word. And now, by the grace of God, guess what? Another person believes. Another soul has seen the truth of the Messiah. And they are excited. Pastor Brody was here last week. If you were too, you could see that that guy's excited all the time. Because he knows what life without Jesus is like. It's a multiplication effect at its finest. Friends, God has called you and me as his present-day disciples. And we need to be doing exactly what Jesus' first disciples did. We need to be leading others to him in his word. Now, we can't force anyone to believe. Let's go over that again. We can't force anyone to believe. We've got to be praying into that, that the Holy Spirit will do the work on their hearts. That that seed that has been planted will grow. And while we do that, we can show them the love of Jesus. In his word, in our actions. We can do more, so much more, than we are right now. We should, too, get excited and invite people to come and see God at work. So what are you seeking? I pray that each one of you is daily growing in your faith as you seek to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, proclaiming like John, Behold! Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I'm also praying that once again you get excited and go to those around you and let them know that you love them, that God loves them. And that whether they believe it or not at this moment, that the Lamb of God has taken away their sins and the rest of the world's. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And now may the peace that pass all understanding keep our hearts and our minds focused on our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.